the Catholic Encyclopedia Via Dolorosa or the Way of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Daniel W. James Joyce in Context, Volume 1. Telemachus. The Catholic Encyclopedia Via Dolorosa or the Way of the Cross. The Way of the Cross, also called Stations of the Cross, Via Crucis, and Via Dolorosa. These names are used to signify either a series of pictures or tableau representing certain scenes in the Passion of the Christ, each corresponding to a particular incident or the special form of devotion connected with such representations. Taken in the former sense, the stations may be of stone, wood, or metal, sculptured or carved, or they may be merely paintings or engravings. Some stations are valuable works of art, as those, for instance, in Antwerp Cathedral, which have been much copied elsewhere. They are usually ranged at intervals around the walls of a church, although sometimes they are to be found in the open air, especially on roads leading to a church or shrine. In monasteries they are often placed in the cloisters. The erection and use of the stations did not become at all general before the end of the 17th century, but they are now to be found in almost every church. Formerly their number varied considerably in different places, but fourteen are now prescribed by authority. They are as follows. Number one, Christ is condemned to death. Number two, the cross is laid upon him. Number three, his first fall. Number four, he meets his blessed mother. Number five, Simon of Cyrene is made to bear the cross. Number six, Christ's face is wiped by Veronica. Number seven, his second fall. Number eight, he meets the women of Jerusalem. Number nine, his third fall. Number ten, he is stripped of his garments. Number eleven, his crucifixion. Number twelve, his death on the cross. Number thirteen, his body is taken down from the cross. And number fourteen, laid in the tomb. The object of the stations is to help the faithful to make in spirit, as it were, a pilgrimage to the chief scenes of Christ's sufferings and death, and this has become one of the most popular of Catholic devotions. It is carried out by passing from station to station, with certain prayers at each and devout meditation on the various incidents in turn. It is very usual, when the devotion is performed publicly, to sing a stanza of the Stabat Mater while passing from one station to the next. Insomuch as the way of the cross, made in this way, constitutes a miniature pilgrimage to the holy places at Jerusalem, the origin of the devotion may be traced to the Holy Land. The Via Dolorosa at Jerusalem, though not called by that name before the 16th century, was reverently marked out from the earliest times, and has been the goal of pious pilgrims ever since the days of Constantine. Tradition asserts that the Blessed Virgin used to visit daily the scenes of Christ's Passion, and St. Jerome speaks of crowds of pilgrims from all countries who used to visit the holy places in his day. There is, however, no direct evidence as to the existence of any set form of the devotion at that early date, and it is noteworthy that St. Sylvia, around 380, says nothing about it in her Peregrinatio ad loca sancta, although she describes minutely every other religious exercise that she saw practiced there. A desire to reproduce the holy places in other lands, in order to satisfy the devotion of those who were hindered from making the actual pilgrimage, seems to have manifested itself at quite an early date. At the monastery of San Stefano at Bologna, 
a group of connected chapels were constructed as early as the fifth century by saint petronius bishop of bologna which were intended to represent the more important shrines of jerusalem and in consequence this monastery became familiarly known as Jerusalem. these may perhaps be regarded as the germ from which the stations afterward developed although it is tolerably certain that nothing we that we have before about the fifteenth century can strictly be called a way of the cross in the modern sense several travellers it is true who visited the holy land during the twelfth thirteenth and fourteenth centuries mention a via sacra that is a settled route along which pilgrims were conducted but there is nothing in their accounts to identify this with the via crucis as we understand it including special stopping places with indulgences attached and such indulgence stations must after all be considered to be the true origin of the devotion as now practised it cannot be said with any certainty when such indulgences began to be granted but most probably they may be due to the franciscans to whom in thirteen forty two the guardianship of the holy places was entrusted ferraris mentions the following as stations to which indulgences were attached the place where christ met his blessed mother where he spoke to the women of jerusalem where he met simon of cyrene where the soldiers cast lots for his garment where he was nailed to the cross pilate's house and the holy sepulchre analogous to this it may be mentioned that in fifteen twenty leo the tenth granted an indulgence of a hundred days to each of a set of sculptured stations representing the seven dolors of our lady in the cemetery of the franciscan friar at antwerp the devotion connected with them being a very popular one the earliest use of the word stations as applied to the accustomed halting places in the via sacra at jerusalem occurs in the narrative of an english pilgrim william way who visited the holy land in fourteen fifty eight and again in fourteen sixty two and who describes the manner in which it was then usual to follow the footsteps of christ in his sorrowful journey it seems that up to that time it had been the general practice to commence at mount calvary and proceeding thence in the opposite direction of christ to work back to pilate's house by the early part of the sixteenth century however the more reasonable way of traversing the route by beginning at pilate's house and ending at mount calvary had become to be regarded as more correct and it became a special exercise of devotion complete in itself during the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries several reproductions of the holy places were set up in different parts of europe the blessed alvarez death fourteen twenty on his return from the holy land built a series of little chapels at the dominican friary of cordova in which after the pattern of separate stations were painted the principal scenes of the passion about the same time the blessed eustochia a poor clare constructed a similar set of stations in her convent at messina others that may be enumerated with those were those at gorlitz erected by george emmerich about fourteen sixty five and at nuremberg by quetzel in fourteen sixty eight imitations of these were made by louvain in fifteen o five by peter sterx at st gertrude at bamberg in fifteen o seven at fribourg and at rhodes about the same date the two latter being in the commanderies of the knights of rhodes those at nuremberg which were carved by adam kraft as well as some of the others consisted of seven stations popularly known as the seven falls because in each of them christ was represented as either actually prostrate or as sinking under the weight of his cross a famous set of stations was set up in fifteen fifteen by Romanet Bofin at romans in dauphin in imitation of those at fribourg and a similar set was erected in fourteen ninety one at varallo by the franciscans there whose guardian blessed bernardino caimi had been custodian of the holy places 
In several of these early examples, an attempt was made not merely to duplicate the most hallowed spots of the original Via Dolorosa at Jerusalem, but also to reproduce the exact intervals between them, measured in paces, so that devout people might cover precisely the same distances as they would have done if they had made the pilgrimage to the Holy Land itself. Balfan and some of the others visited Jerusalem for the express purpose of obtaining the exact measurements, but unfortunately, though each claimed to be correct, there is an extraordinary divergence between some of them. With regard to the number of stations, it is not at all easy to determine how this came to be fixed at fourteen, for it seems to have varied considerably at different times and places, and, naturally, with varying numbers the incidents of the Passion commemorated also varied greatly. Way's account, written in the middle of the 15th century, gives 14, but only five of those correspond with ours, and of the others, seven are only remotely connected with our Via Crucis, the House of Dives, the city gate through which Christ passed, the Probatic Pool, the Ecce Homo Arch, the Blessed Virgin School, and the houses of Herod and Simon the Pharisee. When Romane Boffan visited Jerusalem in 1515 for the purpose of obtaining correct details for his set of stations at Romans, two friars there told him that there ought to be 31 in all, but in the manuals of devotion subsequently issued for the use of those visiting the stations, they are given variously at 19, 25, and 37, so it seems that even in the same place the number was not determined very definitely. A book entitled Jerusalem Sicut Christi Tempore Floruit written by one Andricomius and published in 1584, gives twelve stations which correspond exactly with the first twelve of ours. And this fact is thought by some to point conclusively to the origins of the particular selection afterward authorized by the church, especially as this book had a wide circulation and was translated into several European languages. Whether this is so or not, we cannot say for certain. At any rate, during the 16th century, a number of devotional manuals giving prayers for use when making the stations were published in the Low Countries, and some of our fourteen appear in them for the first time. But whilst this was being done in Europe for the benefit of those who could not visit the Holy Land and yet could reach Louvain, Nuremberg, Romans, or one of the other reproductions of the Via Dolorosa, it appears doubtful whether, even up to the end of the 16th century, there was any settled form of the devotion performed publicly in Jerusalem. For Zualardo, who wrote a book on the subject, published in Rome in 1587, although he gives a full series of prayers, etc., for the shrines within the Holy Sepulchre, which were under the care of the Franciscans, provides none for the stations themselves. He explains the reason thus. It is not permitted to make any halt, nor to pay veneration to them with uncovered head, nor to make any other demonstration. From this it would seem that after Jerusalem had passed under the Turkish domination, the pious exercises of the Way of the Cross could be performed far more devoutly at Nuremberg or Louvain than in Jerusalem itself. It may therefore be conjectured, with extreme probability, that our present series of stations, together with the accustomed series of prayers for them, comes to us not from Jerusalem, but from some of the imitation ways of the cross in different parts of Europe, and that we owe the propagation of the devotion, as well as the number and selection of our stations, much more to the pious ingenuity of certain 16th century devotional writers than to the actual practice of pilgrims to the holy places. With regard to the particular subjects which have been retained in our series of stations, it may be noted that very few of the medieval accounts make any account of either the second, Christ receiving the cross, or the tenth, Christ being stripped of his garments, whilst others, which have since dropped out, appear in almost all of the early lists. 
One of the most frequent of these is the station formerly made at the remains of the Eke Homo Arch, that is, the balcony from which these words were pronounced. Additions and omissions such as these seem to confirm the supposition that our stations were derived from pious manuals of devotion rather than from Jerusalem itself. The three falls of Christ, the third, seventh, and ninth stations, are apparently all that remain of the seven falls, as depicted by Kraft at Nuremberg and his imitators, in all of which Christ was represented as either falling or actually fallen. In explanations of this, it is supposed that the other four falls coincided with his meetings of his mother, Simon Cyrene, Veronica, and the women of Jerusalem, and that in these four the mention of the fall has dropped out, whilst it survives in the other three, which have nothing else to distinguish them. A few medieval writers have taken the meeting with Simon and the women of Jerusalem to have been simultaneous, but the majority represent them as separate events. The Veronica incident does not incur in many of the earlier accounts, whilst almost all of those that do mention it place it as having happened just before reaching Mount Calvary, instead of earlier in the journey as in our present arrangement. An interesting variation is found in the special set of eleven stations ordered in 1799 for the use in the Diocese of Vienne. It is as follows. The Agony in the Garden, The Betrayal by Judas, The Scourging, The Crowning with Thorns, Christ Condemned to Death, He Meets Simon of Cyrene, The Women of Jerusalem, He Tastes the Gall, He is Nailed to the Cross, His Death on the Cross, and his body is taken down from the cross. It will be noticed that only five of these correspond exactly with our stations. The others, though comprising the chief events of the Passion, are not strictly incidents of the Via Dolorosa itself. Another variation that occurs in different churches relates to the side of the church on which the stations begin. The Gospel side is perhaps the more usual. In reply to a question the Sacred Congregation of Indulgences in 1837, said that, although nothing was ordered on this point, beginning on the gospel side seemed to be the more appropriate. In deciding the matter, however, the arrangement and form of a church may make it more convenient to go the other way. The position of figures in the tableau, too, may sometimes determine the direction of the route, for it seems more in accordance with the spirit of the devotion that the procession, in passing from station to station, should follow Christ rather than meet him. The erection of the stations in churches did not become at all common until towards the end of the 17th century, and the popularity of the practice seems to have been chiefly due to the indulgences attached. The custom originated with the Franciscans, but its special connection with that order has now disappeared. It has already been said that numerous indulgences were formerly attached to the holy places at Jerusalem. Realizing that few persons, comparatively, were able to gain these by means of a personal pilgrimage to the Holy Land, Innocent the eleventh in sixteen eighty six granted to the Franciscans in answer to their petition the right to erect the stations in all their churches, and declared that all the indulgences that had ever been given for devoutly visiting the actual scenes of Christ's Passion could thenceforth be gained by the Franciscans and all others affiliated to their order if they made the way of the cross in their own churches in the accustomed manner. Innocent the twelfth confirmed the privilege in sixteen ninety four and Benedict the thirteenth in 1726 extended it to all the faithful. In 1731, Clement the twelfth still further extended it, by permitting the indulgence stations to all churches, provided that they were erected by a Franciscan father with the sanction of the ordinary. At the same time, he definitely fixed the number of stations at fourteen. Benedict the fourteenth in 1742 
exhorted all priests to enrich their churches with so great a treasure, and there are few churches now without the stations. In 1857, the bishops of England received faculties from the Holy See to erect stations themselves with the indulgences attached, wherever there were no Franciscans available. And in 1862, this last restriction was removed, and the bishops were empowered to erect the stations themselves, either personally or by delegate, anywhere within their jurisdiction. These faculties are quinquennial. There is some uncertainty as to what are the precise indulgences belonging to the stations. It is agreed that all that have ever been granted to the faithful for visiting the holy places in person can now be gained by making the via crucis in any church where the stations have been erected in due form. But the instructions of the sacred congregation, approved by Clement the Twelfth in 1731, prohibit priests and others from specifying what or how many indulgences may be gained. In 1773, Clement XIV attached the same indulgence, under certain conditions, to crucifixes duly blessed for the purpose, for the use of the sick, those at sea or in prison, and others lawfully hindered from making the stations in a church. The conditions are that, while holding the crucifix in their hands, they must say the pater and ave fourteen times, and then the pater, ave, and gloria five times, and the same again once each for the Pope's intentions. If one person hold the crucifix, a number present may gain all the indulgences, provided that the other conditions are fulfilled. Such crucifixes cannot be sold, lent, or given away without losing the indulgence. The following are the principal regulations universally in force at the present time with regard to the stations. If a pastor or a superior of a convent, hospital, etc., wishes to have the stations erected in their places, he must ask permission of the bishop. If there are Franciscan fathers in the same town or city, their superior must be asked to bless the stations or delegate some priest either of his own monastery or a secular priest. If there are no Franciscan fathers in that place, the bishops who have obtained from the Holy See the extraordinary of form C can delegate any priest to erect the stations. This delegation of a certain priest for the blessing of the stations must necessarily be done in writing. The pastor of such a church, or the superior of such a hospital, convent, etc., should take care to sign the document the bishop or the superior of the monastery sends, so that he may thereby express his consent to have the stations erected in their place, for the bishops and the respective pastors or superior's consent must be had before the stations are blessed, otherwise the blessing is null and void. Pictures or tableau of the various stations are not necessary. It is to the cross placed over them that the indulgence is attached. These crosses must be of wood, no other material will do. If only painted on the wall, the erection is null. If, for restoring the church, for pacing them in a more convenient position, or for any other reasonable cause, the, the crosses are moved, this may be done without the indulgence being lost. If any of the crosses, for some reason, have to be replaced, no fresh pressing is required, unless more than half of them are so replaced. There should, if possible, be a separate meditation on each of the fourteen incidents of the Via Crucis, not a general meditation on the Passion, nor on other incidents not included in the stations. No particular prayers are ordered. The distance required between the stations is not defined. Even when only the clergy move from one station to another, the faithful can still gain the indulgence without moving. It is necessary to make all the stations uninterruptedly. Hearing Mass, or going to confession or communion with between stations, is not considered an interruption. According to many, the stations may be made more than once on the same day, and the indulgence may be gained each time, but this is by no means certain. 
Confession and communion on the day of making the stations are not necessary, provided the person making them is in a state of grace. Ordinarily, the stations should be erected within a church or public oratory. If the Via Crucis goes outside, that is, in a cemetery or cloister, it should, if possible, begin and end in the church. In conclusion, it may be safely asserted that there is no devotion more richly endowed with indulgences than the way of the cross, and none which enables us more literally to obey Christ's injunction to take up our cross and follow him. A perusal of the prayers usually given for this devotion in any manual will show what abundant spiritual graces, apart from the indulgences, may be obtained through a right use of them, and the fact that the stations may be made either publicly or privately in any church renders the devotion especially suitable for all. One of the most popularly attended ways of the cross at the present day is that in the Colosseum at Rome, where every Friday the devotion of the stations is conducted publicly by a Franciscan friar. End of the Catholic Encyclopedia Via Dolorosa, The Way of the Cross Recording by Daniel W.